Hey there, podcast listener. Steven here from the podcast you're currently listening to. You ever heard a podcast and think, I can do that? Well, maybe you can, or maybe you can't, or maybe I can help you get started with it. Hosting is the most expensive cost you'll have in a podcast, and that's why Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast. Really, they have everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. With Anchor's hosting, you can distribute your podcast to other listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and a whole lot more. And if you think you can do a better job than I, record a podcast right now. There's very low risk involved. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Welcome to the Lazy Geeks Network. I'm going to sip my drink that entire time like that. Yeah, I'm sure you will. Mm. Delicious. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to the year-end edition of the Lazy Geeks podcast. I'm Stephen Vargas. Sup, bitches? I'm Adam Riley. <laughs> <laughs> so this is our official final podcast of 2014. Um, <clears throat> uh, interesting year interesting year yeah um it was an interesting year it's uh yeah it's been just kind of a overall weird ass year especially overall shit fest of a year (laughs) and for me it started off pretty pretty shitty uh had some upticks in the matter but by the end it kind of came down and like saw it out for me i mean it had one job quit that didn't work for a while and now starting a new position where I'm actually happy with and and being in a non-retail position I don't have to deal with that Black Friday bullshit and our 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 busy time is the summer so you know Christmas is like nothing it's just like and it's weird too because like you know I I went to the oh god um you know, a couple days before Christmas, I decided to go to the mall, and I was like, "Well, I'm going on the Sunday before Christmas to do some Christmas shopping." And I thought about, it and I'm like, "Well, I haven't been to the mall, you know, during that hustle and bustle." So I went and was there for a few hours, and realized quickly that, yeah, I'm glad I'm not in here anymore. <laughs> right. Where you got half a block of cars lining up just to turn into the parking lot. And it was just like, oh, I'm so glad I'm not here anymore. Yeah, that sounds delightful. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm. Retail is just no bueno, dude. Yeah. It sucks. Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny too. It's uh, like that was one of the things that you and I were thankful for, like on Thanksgiving. Like, 
Thankful for we don't have to do that Black Friday shit. Yeah. But ow, I just stepped on a thumbtack. Ouch. No, it's still in my foot. Hold on. Ah, there we go. Luckily, from all that retail work, I have developed some serious calluses on the bottom of my feet. So that wasn't really that big of a deal. So um, I'm personally ready to get out of 2014. Look to see hopefully 2015 will be a little bit better. Yeah, 2014 definitely had its ups and downs for me. Um, an upscale, I started. I started school, and I've been doing well in that. Um, but you know, just financial bullshit. It's always financial bullshit. Yeah. You know. So, what are you gonna do? Really? Yeah. There's not a whole lot you can do. You know, so. the struggle is real, <laughs> all around. 2014, the struggle. That's right. Yeah. So. Uh, this podcast is going to be a little different. Uh, what we've taken is each of the normal categories that we usually have in the main podcast, except for TV, movie and television. Instead of combining, we actually separate them because there was enough to talk about in movies and TV this year. Barely. <laughs> for <Just> kidding. You. <laughs> <laughs> that we could actually have uh, uh, comments about. So what we did in this podcast is we split it up uh, win and fail of the year per category and you know, I have my two, Adam has his two, and uh, we just kind of, you may not agree with them, but, you know, we'll give our explanation as to why we think this is a win or a fail. So, yeah. um, and then that will be gospel, and then you will be set right in your ways. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's how it should be. So, uh, <laughs> so I guess we'll jump right into it, and uh, let's start with our movies, in our movies section. So, for this year, for me... My win of the year was the Marvel DC movie lineup. You guys remember a couple months ago, we had Marvel's movies for like the next five years. And DC finally announced their lineup for the next five years. And while some of the movies may be like, oh, that's kind of an interesting choice or something like that. For me, it's kind of good because there's a lot of good in in both slates instead of saying like oh marvel's movie lineup is better than dc's it was like no because this is this is this is what we've been waiting for in, right. in my opinion we've been waiting for a marvel and dc movie universe that's right. what we've been waiting for and i mean for marvel i mean we have you know we obviously we know ant-man the sequels to captain america civil war so looking forward to that um the two-parter avengers the infinity gauntlet you know, uh, that's coming up. Uh, we also have uh, Black Panther. That's gonna—I'm sure that's gonna be pretty dope. The Inhumans, which is uh, which is gonna be an interesting, interesting bit with that, uh, as well as the sequels to Thor and Guardians of the Galaxy. So you know, there's there's a lot coming out in the next couple of years for Marvel, and then of course you have DC, two Justice League movies. You have a Flash movie. You have a uh, a new, uh, uh, what was it? Uh, Green Lantern movie, which kind of mm-hmm. surprised us. Um, and then you have like a Wonder Woman movie, which I'm excited for. So, you know, there's just so much coming out in the next couple of years that I, I I'm just really excited for. And if you're a comic book fan and you want to see some like 
DC comic book movies, I think this is this is the lineup we've been waiting for. And 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 it's exciting too because it's it's all up in the air for um, DC right now because they haven't really proven themselves um, in the movie space Beyond quite yet. Batman and and Superman. yeah, and Batman, uh, Superman, they they definitely just tipped it a little bit because Superman right. had its problems, but it was a good movie. Um, the Batman ones I don't really count because that's just Nolan. They it's it, they were Nolan movies and they're completely isolated from the rest of the DC universe. And I don't think you can really prove yourself until you start getting into that shared universe which Superman has set up. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought Superman was a great movie. I actually really love that movie. Yeah. I've watched it like four times. Um, <laughs> a lot of people said they had issue with it. I saw their points. I didn't give a fuck. <laughs> so you know, I, I think it was funny the biggest complaint out of the Superman movie. These are the two biggest complaints. One, that he was too um, rigid all the time. And I'm like, I don't remember Superman being a happy-go-lucky jokester. Yeah, I know. So um, he always was like that. And then also, this is the hugest complaint, that at the end scene, the fight, it was just too much damage. I'm like, you do know that that happens in the comic books all the fucking time. Yeah. Like, there's, there's probably a crew... That's dedicated to cleaning up after superheroes. <laughs> it's it, especially Superman because Superman fights fights beings like himself that could pick up a fucking building right and throw it at people. So yeah, I mean, you know, with all the aliens that come to Metropolis and stuff like that, it's just like you're gonna tell me that none of that mean none of that means anything. It's like you know, yeah. When I heard that people were complaining about that, I was like, oh, shut up. These are people from Krypton. They're here battling on Earth a Kryptonian. This isn't like Lex Luthor taking on Superman. You know Even then. <laughs> yeah, even then. But it's just like shut up. And then the yeah. whole, you know, Superman killing Zod bit I thought I thought was just like he's killed before. You know what too? He's killed before and I also think that set of precedents I think that him killing Zod was more of a symbolic thing that even though he is this man that does not want to kill anyone, sometimes you don't have a choice. Mm-hmm. He sometimes, for, he, he for, and if you look at it too, Zod forced him into that position. Yeah, exactly. Zod, Zod wanted that to happen. Yeah, Zod. You could completely tell that Zod was either you kill me or I'm just going to keep doing what I want. All right. And um, it was it, people were saying, "Well, Batman doesn't kill." I'm like, "Yeah. Well, Batman's villains are very human. Like <laughs> even the Joker, he might kill people." But he's still a human being, right? You know, it's it's more it, the type of destruction that Zod could have done. I mean, he could have destroyed the planet, yeah, if he wanted to. You know, it, it wasn't just his strength; he was a military genius and 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 stuff like that. So I think that um, you really just don't have a choice, you know. And it it, well, it I, I mean, thought it, I you... thought it, it brought a lot of depth to the movie. Yeah. To be honest, but if you look at Batman too, Batman's a victim of violence. You know, yeah, he uh, has a real reason. Like he's yeah. not just a boy scout from a farm. Like right. he, Superman, out of pretty much every superhero, he has the cushiest life when he was growing up. The, the worst thing he had to deal with was was um, not letting anyone know he had superpowers. Right. He, he really had no struggles when he was growing up, and then that's shown a lot in the way he behaves. He has an idealistic view of the world. 
and most people do not follow that American way fucking everybody's happy bullshit. But he strives to be the example for everybody. I can go on with this all fucking day if you'd like, you know. But it's um <laughs> that'll be a separate podcast, right? It's and Batman is the is the anti of that. Um, here he's he's his life. Yeah, he's rich. He's only rich because he needs to afford all the Batman shit in the story. Right. But he's um he has no superpowers. His parents were brutally murdered, um, and he deals with some of the twisted most twisted fucking individuals you'll ever meet in any comic book you know and they're both affected by their environment they're products of their environment so moving on yeah so you want do you want to do the win-win and fail fail do you want to do win fail win fail let's just do win fail win fail okay um so my fail for 2014 it's most recent uh the Sony hack and Sony allowing movie theaters to not show the interview. But uh, a couple of theaters, predominantly Draft House in Texas, said that, all right, well, since we can't show that one now, we're going to go ahead and um, show Team America uh, in place of it. And the next day, Paramount said, no, you're not. And they pulled... Team America from any theater to to show in place of the interview. I think that was dirtier than pulling the interview, to yeah. be honest, because that movie already come out. Yeah, that movie had come out a long time ago, and it was not even about Kim Jong-un. It was Kim Jong-il, and obviously he didn't care. He probably loved seeing himself as a as – a, uh, well, he didn't he love American movies? Yeah, he was a fan yeah. of American movies and apparently had a better sense of humor than his kid does. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, speaking of products of your environment, right? how <laughs> fucked up is that kid? I know, right? Oh my god. He's basically taught that he's a god his entire life. Yeah. You will be you will be a god. Not as a, not as godly as I am, but you right, will right. be a god. I want someone to go and tell Kim Jong Un. It's like just show him a map. And go, I want you to realize that you're you are in charge, you're the boss here, but this is like a really tiny place, dude. And you're not really known for anything. So let's let's keep it in perspective there, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> At least Saddam had oil. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah, but that Team America thing was bullshit. I yeah. it, it I thought when I first heard that they were gonna play Team America, oh, that's perfect. That, that's definitely telling. It's that wasn't for North Korea. They didn't do yeah. that to spite North Korea. They did that to tell the American people, hey, you know what? I know this is fucked up, but we're you know no one's stopping our free expression. Fuck that. We're gonna play yeah. this movie. You know, exactly. but Paramount Paramount was too pussyfooted to do it. Yeah. So. And this is the same studio that does Star Trek. So it's like. You know, come on. You had Indiana Jones. Yeah, but honestly, how many times throughout history has Paramount been a fucking asshole? Just the prices of the Star Trek fucking Blu-rays. <laughs> like, seriously, that's te- that's terrorism right there. <laughs> that's terrorism. That's Hague-worthy right there. Like, oh, fucking Star Trek Next Generation Blu-ray set. $600? What the <laughs> fuck? <sighs> Gonna sell one of my kids to get that fucking thing. But then it's all on Netflix, so who gives a fuck? Right, exactly. Um, Why buy it? <laughs> so, moving on to... Customer triumph! Right. <laughs> moving on to my stuff. My win in the movie category this year is simply Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, 
I put that up for a couple of reasons, some obvious. Uh, one is it's Guardians of the fucking Galaxy. Okay, If you didn't like this movie, something is mentally wrong with you. It's Or you just blatantly don't like superheroes. Um, this movie is so... It's very important for a few reasons. It's a superhero movie, but they finally got some anti-heroes up there. Yeah. And they did it in a solid way. They didn't cheapen it and make them look like some uh, – Gamora a little bit. And she's a little more tame, but that makes sense for, for a movie. Yeah. Um, they didn't cheapen it by making them these, these great fucking um, saviors of the <laughs> – of from heaven bullshit they're still the guardians of the galaxy they're fucking roughnecks you know and and um i did put this on here too because and and i remember i was back and forth with steve about not that he was disagreeing with me but just because i couldn't decide um this movie is my favorite marvel movie to date and um i just i am fucking impatiently waiting for a sequel like it was as soon as I came out of the movie theater. When's the sequel? Yeah, I'll see it right fucking now. I'll turn around and go watch it if it's ready. You know, yeah. and it, it's um, I did, I think the casting was perfect. Oh yeah, um, everything was just perfect in that movie. Because yeah. I I you know got the Blu-ray when it came out and and rewatched it and just was like really kind of taken aback because it looked like so much fun. That was the thing about this movie versus every other Marvel movie is that it was fun. Yeah. The soundtrack, the way Chris Pratt was as opposed to everyone else. I mean, he had no superpowers, you know, and just just that whole just that whole little quick backstory for, you know, Peter Quill and just the soundtrack for it, the way it moved the story along. You just felt you were in for a lot of fun. And that's what I think really struck a chord with a lot of people this year was just that it was a lot of fun. It was very, very similar in feel to like the Lego movie where it was just a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. And, uh, um, and then, of course, you know, the jokes that Quill was using, you know, using John Stamos and Kevin Bacon and, you know, just it, he just he came off as being that kind of like some people and I kind of agreed with it like he was the new Han Solo. Oh, I completely agree with that. Yeah. You know, so, uh, and I agree because, like, up to this point before Guardians, Captain America the Winter Soldier was my favorite Marvel movie at that point. Um, but then, yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy is quickly taking that over just because it's so much fun to watch. And the, the just the work that they, they did with uh, Rocket and Groot. It was perfectly seamless. Yeah. It just really, it, you... It, <laughs> I don't know if it's because the story was compelling enough, but I didn't really realize they weren't actually there. <laughs> they just looked like they were there. Yeah. You know, maybe that's because the technology has improved so much over the years too, but um, the motion capture technology has gotten so much better. Oh, yeah. Um, in just like the last decade. <laughs> that it, it still kind of boggles the mind that you had Vin Diesel just saying – I am Groot. You know what though? When I I thought it was dumb, like why would you cast like a big actor for something so simple? But when I saw the movie, I'm like, you know what? It fits because he has a particular voice, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and and I think that um, the I am Groot thing. Sure, he only really said I am Groot, and once he said we. Yeah. But um, it was spoiler, by the way. Uh, <laughs> the way for he the said, two of you that probably haven't seen it yet, right? He he did distinctly say it in different ways for different scenes. Oh yeah, 
You know, and I think that could have easily been dumb as shit if he just said it the exact same way over and over again. Yeah. You know, so you could tell that he, if he said, I am Groot, he's trying to explain something or he was expressing he was upset or, you know. Yeah. But I thought, I mean, casting alone, I mean, uh, Rocket Raccoon, I, I was really impressed Bradley Cooper coming out. You, you really, I, I did, almost, you didn't even recognize his voice no, sometimes. And I did not expect, I mean, Bradley Cooper's a pretty boy, you know, yeah. and, and I didn't expect uh, him to bring that to the table. Um, I'm looking at my movie poster that's on my wall to uh, make sure I talk about everybody. And I need that guy's leg. <laughs> I need that guy's eye. No, he doesn't. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> I was kidding about the leg. How did he look when you took it away from him? Was he standing there hobbling? <laughs> I had a transfer him. <laughs> I was so fucking laughing my ass off. Um, what's his name? Uh, the Wrestler. Uh, oh, Dave, um, Dave Bustita. Batista, Batista. Batista, yeah. I was impressed with him too because Batista. I've been watching. I've watched wrestling quite a bit in my life, and Batista was never the strongest with the acting in the ring. Yeah. There, there were definitely. There's definitely been some some people, CM Punk and and uh, yeah. Stone Cold Steve Austin that really act the fuck out of their role, yeah. and he was never that. And and when I heard he was going to be, I'm like, ah, just going to be a, you know, they hired him because he's big and dumb. Yeah. But he, he handled it. Yeah. Yeah, um, I was really surprised on how he did, especially the kind of character he was playing. You yeah. Know, because they don't believe in metaphor. They don't know metaphors. No, that went over his head. Nothing is over my head. <laughs> my reflexes <laughs> fast. I would catch it. <laughs> I've seen this movie eight times. Um, Chris Pratt, two reasons why I love Chris Pratt right now. Um, one is his acting is phenomenal. I mean, he he is he's he's to he's to Quill as um, Robert Downey Jr. is to Stark, and that's a big fucking compliment. Yeah. Um, and then the other reason too is the dedication to the role was incredible. I mean, in six months' time, I was watching this documentary. In six months' time, he went from being that pudgy kid from uh, Parks that one and t- from Parks and Rec to just fucking a completely different person. Brick shit house now. I mean. I was a little turned on, yeah. you know. But speaking of turned on, last but definitely not least, um, Zoe. Zoe Zoe Saldana. First of all, can, is she ever going to do a normal role? I don't know. She loves doing like the most normal role I've seen her is Uhura. You know, other than that, she's like, she's always wearing like random shit. She's a fucking alien. I think no. I think the most normal role I've seen her is Columbiana, and she killed that fucking role. That movie was dope. You ever see that one, Columbiana? No, I, I oh, that's a sick it. movie. She's um, I can't remember exactly. I've only seen it once. It's somebody killed her parents, and she basically grew up to be like this fucking like assassin, assassin. type chick. Yeah. It's so fucking good. Um, but uh, I was watching a lot of interviews with her about it, and she was um, she talks a lot about empowering women, and she's that kind of chick in a good way, not in an annoying way, but um. And because there is there can, feminism can be annoying if you take it a little too far. Like, right. Um, but she, uh, you know, she took her role so seriously. You thought she was in Macbeth. <laughs> and I think I think that's why the movie really transcended, because everybody was so fucking serious about it. Yeah. But that's the Marvel movies. Yeah. Well, let's not talk about talk about Guardians of the Galaxy all fucking night. I instantly went and bought that movie poster right above my fucking desk, dude. <laughs> um, my fail for movies this year, and this goes along with um, Steve's fail as well, uh, Sony pulling the interview 
Um, now, of course, it's a developing story. We're getting new information every day. Um, and right now, it's starting to sound like Sony only Sony only pulled the movie because the theater wouldn't um, wouldn't air them. But then Steve explained to me, well, the theater gets them a few, like months in advance and is contractually obligated obligated to play them. And Sony gave them an out. So, like I said, developing story. Um, <laughs> the, just the whole situation, exactly what we said with Team America. The whole situation is whack. Um, are we as a country going to allow any other country to dictate our censorship and, and our freedom of expression and, and stuff like that? And it becomes a deeper issue uh, at that point. Sure, the interview is a silly Seth Rogen, James Franco movie. It's his fucking pothead humor. Let's be honest. Yeah. But does it stop there? You know, what if it's a, and we've said this a few times before, what if it's a hard hitting documentary or yeah. a news, a newscast, you know, yeah, exactly. um, we, we can't live by, oh, we don't, we don't like that America's doing that. So we're going to threaten them and they're not going to do it. Now, fuck that. Right, right, right. Fuck that. Even <laughs> South Korea doesn't, doesn't answer to North Korea's threats and they're next door. I know, right? <laughs> you know, so. It, it was just a fucked up situation. I'm not going to get too into it because we could talk about that all night too. But um, There's a lot of stuff here we could talk all night about. Pretty much everything on this list. <laughs> so <laughs> I think this is going to be a long podcast. Yeah, I know, right? Um, we're already 44 minutes in. so <laughs> Yeah. And we're uh, done with the first section. Right. So. Moving on into television. My big win. Now, my big win is just right off the bat is The Flash. Um, now, this it's interesting because because of the Flash, I actually started watching and and became a follower of Arrow, because I heard that the Flash was being made and it was a spinoff from Arrow. So of course I was like, well, I guess I'll catch up on Arrow. And Is then, it a spinoff from Arrow? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, they are in the same universe. Yeah, they are in the same universe, and and Barry Allen was actually introduced in Arrow, pre, you mm. know, Lightning. I remember that. Yeah, so I was like, oh, well, again, I guess I'm going to have to watch that and uh, check it out. So I watched it and ended up digging Arrow and just and watching that. And then, of course, when The Flash came out, Flash was, I thought, such a fun series. It's such a contrast to Arrow. It's lighthearted. It's fun. It's bright. Um, uh, Grant Gustin is such a good Barry Allen, in my opinion. Yeah, he he's likable. He has his struggles, and you know he's typically what a young guy would be who has these kind of powers. He has that. He has that. Um, a proper amount of innocence about him too, right? Which I think is important for any Flash kind of role because the Flash isn't a isn't a gritty character, right? And uh, it's just it's just so it's been so much fun up to the mid season, the winter finale, which the introduction of spoilers, Reverse Flash. Um, and all of that, and then the cro- the Arrow um, Flash crossover was really good. So it, it to me, it's just been such a great season so far, and it's building up, building up. Firestorm has already been teased, and Captain Cold in the beginning of the um, what's it called? The uh, what's that little Rogues Gallery? That little Rogue group they that they're building up to with Captain Cold and. All of them coming on to. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to remember, but that DC is full of so many fucking groups. I can't yeah. even sort them out. So I, ju- I can't even. 
<laughs> so that's coming up. So it, it's it's such a it's been such a great so far first half of the season. So I'm really looking forward to the second half. But uh, yeah, that's been a big win, I, in my opinion, this year. Yeah, definitely a show that um, I stopped following, but not out of choice. I've actually been upset that I haven't been able to uh, to keep up with it. Um, oh, he is the leader of the Rogues of Flash. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> oh, he is the leader of the Rogues. That's what they're the called. Rogues, just they're the just Rogues. The rogues. Yeah. Okay. I think it was one of the first group of villains in comic books, so they can get away with that cheesy ass name. Yes. Yeah, because they're teasing like the build of Captain of uh, Captain Cold, and they're bringing in someone else now. So it looks like it's going to be the start of that. So that's gonna, I, I think that's gonna be cool, and just the whole way they're working in metahumans into the into the whole uh, uh, universe because Arrow is non superhero since yeah. the Arrow isn't, and now they're bringing in through the metahumans and just the interaction between uh, Arrow and the Flash is great, where he's like, "Oh, we're gonna work together. You're gonna help me catch my metahuman." And he goes, "I'm I'm not calling them that." Yeah. And uh, he says, he goes, well, yeah, he goes, well, with Captain Cold, and he goes, we're going to talk to you about giving your your guys uh, silly nicknames. He goes, oh, so we're going to, he goes, we'll discuss this while we're sitting down having coffee talking about Deathstroke and the Huntress. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I, I the thing that I respect the Flash the most for, because I'm a big DC fan, Steve yeah. knows it. Um, they found a perfect balance of keeping true to the source material, but also making it suitable for television. Yeah. Because you can't make it 100% the source material if you're changing the medium. Right. It's, it's impossible to do that. Um, and they could have easily made it a really shitty show, too, if they went all TV. You know, oh, yeah. so oh, I, I think... And we've seen it before. Oh, we have. But I love um, the fact that they're... Smallville! <laughs> oh, Jesus. But a little I, chest. I, yeah, I know. It's that little cough that's been yeah. there. But it's... Uh, I like how they're also paying um, a homage to the original Flash yeah. TV series with uh, the original Flash playing Flash's father. Yeah. And then just recently announced Mark Hamill, who was the trickster in that one, is going to be playing. <laughs> have you looked... I forgot. How bad it looked? How bad his outfit was. It was just so stupid. Oh, yeah. But whatever. He played a good trickster, though. I mean, yeah. he's he, he obviously, because of another character that he does, he's he's got that maniacal craziness thing down. Oh, yeah. Um, and this is so. pre-Joker, too, so. Yeah, it was. Uh, you got you to gotta step up in DC. You're going to play the trickster and then move up to Joker. You can't jump right into it. <sighs> yeah, I know, right? It's a, gra- it's, it's a natural progression. Right. All right, so my fail in television this month, uh, this month, this year, is uh, I know people are going to disagree with me, but Gotham. And, I don't disagree with you. Yeah, uh, for me with Gotham, I I fell off that show after about the first three or four, about first four or five episodes. Now, don't get me wrong, the show was good. The shows the shows made well. My problem is that there's no payoff. Yeah. For this show. Unlike Flash and Constantine and uh, Arrow, there's no – we're not going to see any of Batman's rogues in it. And if they do, 
you're already fucking with continuity right then and there because a lot of them are only come around either created by Batman or because of. Yep. You know, and and so for me, it's like, oh, cool, a young Poison Ivy. Oh, funny, a young uh, Selena Kyle or a young, you know, it's just like, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So for me, there, I mean. Also, the the young Selena Kyle's annoying. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing. And so for like all of this, it's like, it's fine and dandy and it's fine. Just don't, you know, if you're going to focus on Jim Gordon, you're going to focus on that. Don't even introduce the other characters or make it so prevalent. You know, Nigma is in it and Harvey Dent is in it and all these, you know, characters are coming in. It's like we don't need that because we're not going to really see them later on. Yeah. You know. Got- Gotham to me, like Steve said, I agree it is a good show. We'll call a spade a spade. It's a cop drama. That's right. really all it is. Yeah. And if, if it was if Gotham was a comic book, it would be a five issue miniseries. Right, right, right. It wouldn't be sustainable as or a, a graphic as, novel. Yeah, or a graphic novel. Because it's uh, the no payoff thing I completely agree with because even when you're seeing like um you see Nigma when that one episode I, I I don't know if he was seen later, but I saw him in the first episode he showed up in. There was there was a part of me that went, oh cool that's Nigma but that's it because I already know what he's gonna do I already know where he's going and you could argue that Flash is the same way but it's not because what they do with Flash is they're taking it in slightly different directions so you're seeing things build and there's character development and all this like you you see um, in Gotham, they would show Bruce, you know, as a young kid. And every single scene, he has to hint towards he's going to become something else. Right, right, right. Like, I already know he's going to become something else. I know who fucking Batman is. Right. And then some of the um, some of the fan responses from people that just don't know any better. Oh, I wonder if we're going to see Joker. No, you're not going to see fucking Joker. Because Joker didn't come out until Batman was out. Right. And I guarantee Gotham isn't going to go... For the next 14 fucking years. Right, until yeah. that happens. Exactly. Like, yeah. yes, they did get a few things right, in my perspective. I should have seen a young Penguin try, trying to come up. That's right. fine, because Penguin is much older than Batman is. Right. He's a fucking – he's a smuggler. you know, And he, he, he's a behind-the-scenes guy in, in the comic nowadays. Um, but so many characters, you're going to see them as children – yeah. And they're not going to be anything or you're going to see hints of them and it's just going to be boring. And actually, the Edward Nygma thing bothered me too. How old is Nygma? Yeah. I didn't – I thought Nygma was about Batman's age. You know, so it's – it's it, the show just starts to annoy you after a while. Yeah. I, I mean if you're just looking for something that's kind of like, oh, it's kind of comic booky and stuff like that, that's fine. But – I think for some of the real like fans, it, you're going to lose probably a lot of them by the end of the first season. One one thing I will say: the person who is playing Gordon, excellent actor. Oh, every yeah. scene he's Ben in. McKenzie is is yeah. really tough. I, I was really impressed with him, and um, and his partner. I really like uh, yeah. Doug. Uh, what's his name? Doug. Uh, I forget. Yeah, but if uh, I ever knew. <laughs> um, but yeah, but, but yeah, like like we said, the show is very well done the acting is good. there's a few actors and i don't like like um 
the main bad chick that owns the nightclub. Jada Pinkett Smith? Yeah, she's just a little too much. Like, dial it down. She's the only character in the show that seems like a comic book character because <laughs> she's so over the top when she speaks. Like, no one talks like that. Like, why are you talking like that? Um, even Nigma, or not Nigma, even the penguin seems normal next to her. Yeah, I know, right? Um, but very well done. I mean, if, if you like cop dramas, definitely check it out. But if you're like a, a diehard Batman fan, it's just going to annoy you. Yeah. You're just going to get annoyed. So it is what it is. <laughs> I'm going to say that a lot. At every yeah. fail, it is what it is. Um, okay, so now on to me. Television was the hardest one for me to fill out because I don't watch it. So <laughs> I watch so little TV that it's hard for me to come up with shit. Um <laughs> My uh, win for television, though, was Doctor Who, and I'm specifically talking about the recent season uh, with Peter Capaldi taking over as the Doctor. Um, Now, I always have to say this. Um, I will admit that I have not watched much before Matt Smith. That does not mean that I think Matt Smith is God. I just haven't. I started watching it because Steve told me about it. I didn't even know what Doctor Who was. And Steve said, you should check it out. And I started watching when Matt Smith came on. Um, I am extremely impressed with Peter Capaldi um, yeah. and what he's bringing to the table. And I know that, that, that Doctor Who used to have this feel in the past. Um, we're very, very dark um, and deep type of stuff. And it's, it's not better than Matt Smith, I don't think. I think it's just so, it's so contrary to it. Yeah. Um, and, and I said this to Steve earlier that Matt Smith to me was more of an American comedy style. It's so in your face and silly and and stuff like that. And Peter Capaldi to me is more British humor. It's it's and yes, I know we Scottish. It's um it's under if if you're not paying attention, you might miss it, that yeah. kind of humor. And um I think they really more more so than the Matt Smith seasons, the shows are challenging me to make moral choices. Yeah, you know um, the moon episode. Which honestly, oh. when I saw when I saw the preview for the moon episode, I thought it was just going to be a filler episode. Yeah, like it was just going to be silly and and, it, and dumb, but it wasn't. No, it, it really that, that was a hardcore episode. There, I was right there with Clara, going, "What the fuck are we going to do?" Yeah, you know, and and it's for someone like me who barely watches TV because to me, most things on tele- television are not worth my time. I'm just that kind of person. And um, to have a show, have a show that I get so into like that, it's 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 impressive. I mean, it's really, really, really a good show, and um, I'm just loving. I can't wait till the next season. I can't wait to that Christmas episode though. I'm so fucking excited mm-hmm. for that. Um, yeah, because uh, yeah, for me, I mean, I was like everyone else, you know, intrigued to see how Peter Capaldi would do. As the doctors being considerably older than Eccleston, Tennant, and Smith, and uh, and just seeing him, and then but again within the first few minutes of that episode, I was in, and then how the dynamic between him and Clara changed, where you kind of saw this little flirty banter between Smith and and Clara, but then you get this one here, and he just berates her like completely you know and and then the little 
the little acknowledgement that Stephen Moffat did where he had Matt Smith calling the f- future Clara, telling her to stick with this guy. This guy's going to be, you know, this guy's going to need you and all that stuff. And, you know, it was kind of like the, hey, to the fans of like, yeah, we're going in a different direction, but you yeah. need to stick with this. You need to, and, and for people that, you know, and it, it's really funny too, because like for me, separating the clingers on because they like Matt Smith because he's cute and he was funny and he was young. Yeah. You know, and it's like the true Doctor Who fans are like the ones that are going, no, I see this. I like this. And and those are the ones that have been through the regenerations, the ones that have, you know, an ex-girlfriend of mine just about almost two episodes left of the season had finally just started watching the new Doctor Who because she gets attached to the Doctor's. And she was like, I needed to just kind of be ready to to jump into a new doctor. And then, of course, she was like, and, you know, and Moffat did it again. You know, I love this new one. So just a lot of cool stuff like that. So uh, I really thought that there was a lot of heavy episodes in this season. Yeah. A lot of heavy ones. Um, but just good episodes. Yeah. Some of them were a little confusing at points, but, you know, they had a lot of real – I thought a lot of them had real deep, like, issues, like the Robin Hood episode, where yeah. you thought it was just going to be, you know, and it's just them bantering back and forth. But you realize, you know, like, Legends, where he's talking about, you know, Legends, when do they stop being real? And then he's talking about the Doctor versus, you know, Robin Hood. And so it was it was interesting. I liked a lot of the, the topics they discussed. And, and so, yeah, I was really, really happy with the season. I think one of the most emotional moments last season it was one of the later episodes of course but it was uh when he went to check on the coordinates that the master gave him oh and yeah he, he had to have known they yeah. were bullshit coordinates anyway oh yeah but he goes to check them and he just starts bashing yeah on the fucking console i felt it man oh yeah you know what i mean like i was like damn this is just fuck yeah. you know but it, it's um there's not there's there's not much you can say about doctor that isn't positive yeah um, Matt Smith will always be quote unquote my doctor, I guess, because uh, that's who I started with. Um, but I'm fully on board with Peter Capaldi, and I fucking can't wait for more shows to come out. Um, that's the problem with Doctor Who is you like it so much that you get upset when it's not on. Yeah. You know, but well, I, I will admit this season, I, I was a part of me was upset that it was over, but then a, another part of me was kind of happy because the episodes were so fucking heavy <laughs> that I was having these like philosophical debates in my head, like for three for the entire week in between the other fucking show, you know. So I was like, I'm gonna take a little break, you know. Well, it's it's funny that you say that because like the week that Doctor Who ended was the same week that uh, John Oliver. Uh, ended his first season of the of his show on HBO. More and, heavy shit. And I would I remember like the first weekend like going, this feels weird. I don't have a Doctor Who episode or a tonight. You know this week tonight. This kills my weekend. Like <laughs> I don't yeah. know what I should be doing now. Now we're now we're back to um thinking about what reality stars are fucking who, <laughs> and um emails leaked yeah and it's gonna be like oh now i guess it's back to surfing netflix for four hours trying to find something to watch yeah wonderful (laughs) (laughs) all right so my fail um here and this this one is funny to me because when this first came out 
I actually told Steve. I said, it's really dope. It was, it was cool. Um, then I watched it a second time. Um, the Family Guy Simpsons crossover. So the first time I watched it, I was overwhelmed with nostalgia, for one. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a hardcore Simpsons fan when I was younger. I don't really watch it anymore, like most people. But right. um, it was it was something. Crossover episodes are always interesting to me. And um, I watched it after that. I was like, "Oh, that was cool." You know, they were together and this and that. And and then I watched it again. And I realized that the, the show was horrible. <laughs> it was so many missed opportunities. First of all, they only had Family Guy writers doing it. So basically, it was just a Family Guy episode with The Simpsons in it. Um, it. It was a less edgy Family Guy. That's yeah. really all it was. Um, the chicken fight was way too fucking long. <laughs> yeah. Um, the. I think the best, the best like story in the episode was the um, Lisa and Meg. Meg story, yeah. And it was the least paid attention to. Yeah. Out of all of them. Um, the storyline with uh, Stewie and Bart could have been a bazillion times better. Yeah. Um, and it was just stupid one-liners. The ugh, the Homer and Peter bit was just annoying. Like, they started hating each other for nothing. Yeah. Like, it, over and, – and yeah, at first you're like, okay, well, Homer gets mad for stupid shit. But that was that was beyond even Homer. Like, you're saying that you like a beer better than his beer, and he's going to practically want to murder you now. Come on, it just didn't. It just the episode sucked. It was the worst TV I watched all fucking year. Granted, <laughs> don't watch much TV, as I've said. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I just think it could have been a million times better, and it also proved to me. The two shows that I used to really like are pretty much at the end of their run. Um, Simpsons is Simpsons is just the only show that Fox never cancels. I think Fox cancels everything else because they have to keep the Simpsons on. Yeah, I know, right? Like nobody watches it anymore, you know. And Family Guy, oh my god, Family Guy used to be fucking the one of the greatest shows on television, and now it's just the dogs annoying now, and they used to have some like. Some hard-hitting discussions on that show, and now it's just how can we gross out the audience? Yeah, well, I mean, that same thing happens with like South Park and stuff like that. Yeah, and and I think I think that's why I dislike this crossover so much because it just reminded me that two shows that I really used to like just need to die now. Hmm. Like they don't, they shouldn't be around anymore. They're not the same shows, yeah. you know. So I don't know. All right. <laughs> It's okay, dude. It's okay. It isn't okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, into gaming. Uh, for me, my win this year, oddly enough, was actually Microsoft. Now, before all you people jump down my throat, um, I it, to me, it's Microsoft's course correction. This year, we saw Microsoft actually get a grip and you know, get rid of the paywall. Um, So allowing people to watch Netflix and Hulu and all that stuff without having to be an Xbox Gold member. Um, 
getting rid of the allowing not getting rid of, allowing people to purchase the Xbox One without the Connect, um, and we'll get into that a little bit later. Sure. <laughs> um, also, you know, and then of course the fifty dollar price point. Now the fact that there's a headline out there in the last couple of weeks that Xbox One beats PS4, you know, for the first time, yeah, there's a lot of reasons for it. But the thing is, is that Microsoft finally got rid of the old stalwarts and were able to move ahead and think differently now, <clears throat> which allowed them to see what everybody else is doing and realize, hey, this is what we need to do to stay relative. I think it's it's funny, too, when they were when they were talking about um, the sales going up. Uh, I'm like, yeah, okay, so you fixed all the problems everyone was complaining about from the start. Right. And then now that everyone already has a PlayStation 4, they're like, okay, well, I guess I can buy... Of course more people are buying a fucking Xbox. Now that the playing field's equal, right? there's less people without a next-generation console. So... (laughs) And there was even less people with an Xbox One. Yeah. Well, that was the thing is like uh, you and I discussed this before uh, when we were doing our uh, uh, recommendation for our gifts for the season um, that, you know, the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One, there really is no difference between them. And this whole one system's better than another is just bullshit now. The interface is different. Yeah. And there's that's... a few exclusives. Right. But to be honest, they're le- they're even they're even with one another and especially Microsoft like people is like oh yeah Microsoft's doing a lot of backpedaling no no they realize they finally realize that some of this shit's not working and they need to fix it and this is what they're going to have to do to fix it and and, I, and I'm glad they're doing that cuz now they finally found the model that works for them with everything else and plus it's 50 bucks cheaper than you know than the PlayStation 4 so yeah, if people were holding out for an Xbox One, I guarantee that most of the people that bought an Xbox One are the ones that were going to buy it anyway. But now they're like, "Oh, it's fifty bucks cheaper. Fuck it, I'm getting it." Yeah, I, I think I think too, um, and, and what you said, there's so little difference between the two. It's I used to be, and I know Steve's this way too, but I used to be the one that would try to get all of the generations consoles. Yeah. Um. So because. I like to play a lot of different games, and you would have these games on this one, these games on that one. The the exclusive wall is so fucking thin now. Oh, yeah. And and it usually is games that I really don't care about. Right. So there's no – absolutely no logical reason for me to have both. So I think I'm still going to throw my money at the PS4 just because that was always the plan and there really is no reason to change that plan. $50 cheaper doesn't really make a difference to me. Yeah. You know, but um not that I have tons of money. I'm just saying cuz now it's the price of the PS4. Cool. I was already going to get PS4 anyway. Right. Um and a Wii U of course cuz the Wii U at least that is different. I mean, you that's the exclusive yeah. king now. Yeah, exactly. And all they have is exclusives. Um but I'm just so happy that Microsoft has uh, a more modern outlook on things. Um, I think they they come out with great shit. And what was keeping them back was certain people that have been in the company f- since the '80s that right. were just thinking an older older style way. 
you know, so. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, and really quickly, my fail, which pretty much doesn't even need to be explained, and we talk about course correction, uh, Ubisoft. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Ubisoft. Um, they, they suck. Yeah. Uh, basically, it's just been the current release, especially in November, the release of Far Cry 4 and the Assassin's Creed Unity really just showed just how much of shoddy work they're actually doing to get the game out on release day and then fix all the major issues. I mean, especially Assassin's Creed, who's suddenly turned into a yearly release and it's showing that yeah. they're they're rushing it out there and it's just turning into crap. The problem too and and I think that's what pisses me off the most about Ubisoft. Assassin's Creed was was one of those game series that really was like one of the big ones. And they've yeah. single-handedly ruined it because they put it on a Call of Duty fucking release cycle. Right. But the only reason that works for Call of Duty is because Call of Duty is a competitive game. Yeah, and it's basically the same thing, just a different background. Yeah, it's a sports game. That's basically what Call of Duty has become, and it excels at that. But you have a story-driven game. You need to take a look at Grand Theft Auto. They don't come up with a Grand Theft Auto every fucking year. Yeah. It, it, would, it would be the shittiest fucking Grand Theft Autos. You have to wait. It needs to have a solid story. Everything come together nicely, and and the the recent it was even, it's gotten so bad that they have two Assassin's Creed games come out at the same fucking time. Yeah, and one come out on the Xbox 360, PS3, and then one come out on the next gen shit. I'm like, wow, really, guys? Yeah, like, calm the fuck down. And I heard that one for the um, 360 and PS4 was junk. That's what I heard. Yeah, I heard it wasn't fun at all, but. I don't know. I think the last good one they did, and 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 the 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 pirate one was fun, but there was a lot of problems with it. But I think the last solid one they did was the American one. Oh but, yeah, Black Flag. Well, Black Flag was cool, but I think it wasn't that. It was kind of a whatever game. Oh for yeah, me. yeah, 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 yeah. But the the American Revolution one, I think, was yeah. the last one where the story was like fucking cool, you know. And then after that, it just fell off. The game's just annoying if it doesn't have a story. Right. Stupid, stupid, stupid. <laughs> All right. So, what? Do you... Oh yeah, it's my turn. Isn't it? Yeah, it's your turn. Um, so my win for the year is Nintendo, and Nintendo the fact that they're doing things. Um, Nintendo has been the definition of a slow start <laughs> with the fucking <laughs> Wii U. Um. Now, all of a sudden, towards the end of 2014, we're starting to hear, this is coming out, this is coming out, they're working on this, they're working on that. Um, 2015, I really think, is going to be a huge year for Nintendo. Um, we're seeing Star Fox coming out. Um, yeah. And the thing the thing with Nintendo is, when it's a major franchise, you know the game's going to be fun. It's it's not going to be a shitty game. They don't come out with shitty games. You know, it, they're, either, they're either fun or amazing. It's just getting them to release them. Yeah. That is the problem. Star Fox <laughs> is coming out. Um, Mario Maker? Come on now. What are we doing here? We make our own Mario levels and share them with everybody online? Fucking, you sold me already. Zelda. Yeah, Zelda. That Zelda game is completely open world. It's huge. And one little thing, too. If you're riding the horse, if you're riding a, a Pona or whatever, 
you can shoot from the horse and use your shoot the arrow and use your sword and the horse won't run into trees like every other game and <laughs> and it was Miyamoto and some other guy and it was in Japanese but they were they were sub or they were dubbing over and he says Miyamoto goes oh i see that um Epona doesn't run into the trees and the guy goes yeah we figured horses don't usually run into trees <laughs> and i was like exactly you know, so it, it was um, it it really was a breathtaking demo that that I watched. It was on the get the game awards. You can find it on YouTube. Look it up. Um, game looks amazing. I think I think Nintendo is really starting to get what they want to be, and yeah. that that excites me because all the shit that we've talked, it always ends with I love Nintendo and I'm just angry that they're not doing good. Yeah. You know, and I'll throw the 3DS in there too. Bringing Smash Brothers to the 3DS was amazing. Um, Pokemon has always been a solid one, um, and just it killing it, killing the mobile. I mean, the the as cool as the Vita is, it is nowhere near the 3DS. Yeah. So. And then my fail, uh, and I had to explain this one to Steve. <laughs> my fail for the year was the dishonesty of the Connect. Um, and mainly the the it centers around when they took the Connect. Um, you didn't have to have the Connect. They were going to sell the Xbox One without the Connect, um, and everybody was happy about that. But but the the underlying thing that pissed me off is that the Xbox One has just been surrounded with lies. Mm. We're we're told that we absolutely need to have the. Um, the no game sharing or or fucking what were they doing that you can't trade your game games in used and shit we needed that until everyone bitched about it and then we didn't need it anymore right um we absolutely need the connect and this is quoted the connect was essential yeah it was for, an integral part of the functioning of the xbox one yeah, absolutely essential now all of a sudden it's not essential because sales aren't good enough right and um that is actually one of the major. Even though the Xbox One, I will agree, is on an even playing field with the PlayStation Four. It's a solid console, and anybody who buys it is probably going to be satisfied with it. But because of that dishonesty, it's not getting my money. Yeah, it's it it's um, it was ridiculous business practices, and I and and you can see that the new people that are taking over Microsoft and the gaming division are trying to clean up the mess. Yeah. You know, and they probably have all the good intentions in the world, but man, I already have something sitting on the shelf right next to the Xbox One that it hasn't been trying to fuck me over for the past year. <laughs> you know, so I just, I don't know. It, it was amazing to me, and, and it, it's also amazing to me how people so quickly forget as soon as the Kinect's taken, oh, I'm going to buy one now because we don't have to. It's like, you're not, you're not, you're missing the point. Yeah. Is that they're jerking your fucking chain. You know, but whatever. Let them play Halo. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah, and that, that's that been the big thing is is that you and I even talked about it when they announced it. We're like, that kind of thing sucks because then there became an issue of, well, if it's always connected and quote, unquote, always on, then, you know, who can look at the camera whenever somebody's playing or not play? You know, and that, that became a, a privacy issue. And then, it, it was funny to me because they kept saying, oh, well, the information isn't leaving. It's, it doesn't matter. You can't put a camera on someone and think they're going to be comfortable with it. Yeah. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, I, I agree with you on that one. And I always thought it was funny, too, because I saw so many videos on YouTube with that whole Xbox on shit mm-hmm. where you were, you were playing a game and some random person in the room would say Xbox something and your game would fuck up. Yeah. Like, like no one saw that coming. Yeah. I'm sorry, but if you're too lazy to pick up the fucking controller and press a button to turn your console on, you're not going to do well at the game once yeah. it's on. You know, so I don't know. The Kinect is cool. It's a, it's a niche little thing. I think it's more for children, to be honest with you, but that's just a personal, you know, if adults play it, that's great. I'm not judging. I'm just saying from my perspective. Um, but it is it is not necessary. And I knew that before it re- was released. And everyone knew that. And Microsoft kept trying to lie to everybody. And they finally got caught with their tail between their legs. So, yeah, whatever. <laughs> it is what it is. It is what it is, unless it isn't. <laughs> and it is. <laughs> All right, moving into comics, because we're running a bit long, um, is uh, we've got in the win column is the Star Wars universe returning to Marvel. We kind of all saw this coming given the fact that Disney owns Marvel and then acquired uh, Lucasfilms, so which gave them uh, access to the Star Wars universe. And then, of course, Marvel returning to Star Wars after being with IDW since, what, the 90s? And uh, so it's – it's and Mar- Marvel has not wasted any time. They have a bunch of stuff slated to come out in January 2015. Uh, you know, the Darth Vader – the Darth Vader solo uh, run, the Princess Leia one, the Star Wars reissues. Um Marvel even recently announced that they're going to do an omnibus of the first uh, comic book adaptation that was done by Marvel back in the 70s of the first film. Mm. So they're going to re-release it and and, uh, bring that out. So there's a lot of great stuff coming from that, and it's kind of nice to have them back there. Some people are like, oh, you know, fucking Disney's pulling. Marvel used to have it. Until the movies ended, and then you know there was yeah. nothing for Marvel to do, and then they ended up going to yeah, I think it was IDW, and had been there since then, and uh, you know let them finish their runs, and then said okay, they're coming back in 2015. So, so yeah, um, but my fail of the year is Amazon acquiring Comicsology. Um, Amazon's just buying everything. You know, they're trying to turn it's it random into... random shit. <laughs> yeah, I know. So random shit. Um, <clears throat> but they seem to just want to be your one-stop shop for everything. And uh, so the problem with Amazon, and one reason why this is such a fail now, is because Amazon is so stingy with yeah. with uh, uh, paying fees to anyone other than themselves. Uh, usually when you bought something on the Comixology app and if you paid in the app, they'd have to pay a percentage to Apple or Google or you know Microsoft um, if they even had an app for Windows Phone, uh, which is doubtful. Uh, but... <laughs> this motherfucker got <laughs> jokes. <laughs> uh, but the thing was is that Amazon decided, no, we're not going to do that anymore. You can put them to a wish list 
and then go to the inter um, go to you know your PC or Mac uh, MacBook or whatever and purchase them online and then they'll be downloaded to your phone or your device and that was their way of skirting to having to pay anyone else the problem is is that for most people it prevents them from having from basically impulse buying unless you have a Kindle if you have a Kindle, you can still do it the old way. But if you don't, it's it's a shitty way to do business because then you actually get – because I have bought so much shit at like 2 in the morning just because. Yeah. But but if I'm sitting there on my phone and I download it, it's like it's on your shopping cart. Then you – you know, a day or so later, you go to check it. Why did I want that shit? Delete, 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 delete. Right. Yeah. So that that's my that was my fail for this year. <sighs> yeah, they don't have a. They didn't have a comicsology app on Windows Phone, by the way. No, okay. Yeah, not that it really matters now. Um, <laughs> my uh, win for comic books is the comeback of Howard the Duck. The announcement. Howard um, the, the duck. duck. So, real quick, since I'm getting the subtle hints from Steve that we need to hurry the fuck up, um, Howard the Duck. Okay, moving on to your fail. No, right. <laughs> Howard the Duck got a bad rap because of the fucking movie. Um, before the movie, he was an amazing character. And I did this big-ass fucking write-up about it on the website. Um, if, you, if you look at the website, it's the most writing he's ever done. Yeah. Hands down. And um, pants down. <laughs> well, my pants are always down when I'm writing, but it's beside the point. Um, oh, Jesus. <laughs> So I'm happy that he's coming back, and and I I even just from the first image, I have a feeling that Marvel's taking it a little bit more seriously. They're not going to make it a, a slapstick fucking comedy routine, um, and they're going to bring him back to his roots, which is really social commentary. Um, obviously funny. It's not going to be a fucking um, uh, like a detective okay. comics or anything, but it, it's going to be interesting. So I'm happy about that. My fail um, was uh, Pat Broderick's attitude toward, towards cosplayers. Um, basically, super douchebag. Oh, God, uh, yeah. This is the guy that he's uh, – I'm not even going to mention what he's done. But he's like a comic book artist. You know, He's done a few things. Um, and he tweeted out or Facebooked or fucking MySpace or whatever the hell he used. Friendstered. Yeah. <laughs> he emailed. <laughs> Um, <laughs> he said that uh, if you're a cosplayer, don't don't bother him. Basically, don't request his time. Don't, it's a it's a low form. It's you know it's it's an insult cosplay and this and that. And, and I think um, it's pretty fucking stupid because he, his his chief argument is basically saying that cosplay is overpowering comics, which in my opinion is. Ill is ill-conceived and just completely asinine because of the fact that cosplays come from comics or whatever media they're, they're doing. And cosplay is imitation, which is the highest form of flattery. This is what he said on his Facebook. I'm going to stop being lazy and I open the article. Um, today's Why would you do that? <laughs> I know. Today's heads up. If you're a cosplay personality, please don't send me a friend request. If you're a convention promoter and you're building your show around cosplay events and mega and mega multiple media guests, don't invite me. You bring nothing of value to the shows. <clears throat> and if you're 
if you're a promoter pushing cosplay as your main attraction, you're not helping the industry or comic comics market. Thank you. Um, in later comment, he added cosplay are just selfies in costume, and doing multiple selfies is about the highest expression of narcissism. So, <laughs> basically, asshole. Yeah. Um, he's okay. We we can skip over the part that cosplayers spend days upon days creating their costume. There are there are plenty of cosplayers that don't, right. of course, um, but. Even if your event's centered around cosplay, if they're they're obviously going to be curious about the characters that they are dressed up as, the the people that come to the thing. So the, it's it brings people to comic books, um, especially the serious within the cosplay. Yeah, exactly. And and a lot a lot of problems with cosplay. And I'm going to briefly touch on this. A lot a lot of problems with cosplay is they say it's just an example for chicks to dress dress slutty. Well, one, no, that's it, Halloween. <laughs> yeah, well, one, it's it's it would be much easier and cheaper for women to just dress slutty, right? Instead of making these elaborate costumes, um, and two, and and I went on a rant with Steve earlier about this, and I'm coining a new phrase, and it's hot shaming. I'm so sick and tired <laughs> of every time a chick is cute, she is irrelevant. Anything she says or any, it it doesn't matter because she's hot. So she's obviously a t- an attention whore. And right. it's, get the fuck off it! Like it's just so stupid to me. And and I brought up a, a example to Steve. There's a chick, um, Joanna Tech Lover on uh, YouTube. She's a beautiful woman, um, and she does tech reviews. I really like her tech reviews. She's really thorough about it and stuff like that. But every video she does, there's comments saying she probably doesn't know shit about tech. Or she needs to put a bikini on or just silly shit like that. It's like, come on, guys. Like, you're not helping. In the Mm -hmm. 90s, we all wanted a hot gamer chick. And now in the 21st century, everyone can't stop thinking hot gamer chicks are just fat, ugly slobs. And anyone who's hot is just attention whoring. It's hot shaming. It's hot shaming. (laughs) It's not right. No, I I think that to me is just... It's a different it's a different way for fans to personify their their passion for a character or you know what have you <coughs> but <coughs> but for but for him to just to just say that is just completely douchey and it just yeah. perpetuates the typical gamer geeky geek stereotype that you can't be hot and be that way it's just it's it's silly and it's stupid and this Broderick needs to just calm the fuck down and have a coke. Yeah, just calm the fuck down and do a line of coke, whatever you need to do, <laughs> whatever you need to do to make yourself feel better. Yeah, um, yeah. So, all right. Well, in technology, my win for technology is <laughs> is starting to sense a pattern here. Um, is Microsoft again, but for what they're doing with OneDrive, and for OneDrive is their uh, their cloud storage space uh, that if you have a Hotmail account or anything like that, uh, you get what was it five gigs? Now I think it's fifteen gigs free. Uh, I have and, a terabyte, so I don't yeah, know what everybody else gets. If if you're if but if you have uh, uh, Office three sixty five. You get a terabyte 
for free, mind yep. you. Uh, for free, you get a terabyte. So that's a lot of fucking room. And I put a lot of shit on there just to see. And it's just like, dink, <laughs> you know, on there. And I mean, that's that's my hard drive space on my PC. But uh, for I'm really, really impressed with what Microsoft is doing because you can get basic stuff for free. And if you have and giving the, a terabyte for people that use Office is such a smart way of doing things. Oh, shit. I have 10 terabytes. 10 terabytes. What the fuck did I? I mean, I was a beta tester and all that. But I have 10 terabytes available on my OneDrive. Jesus. I don't have nearly 10 terabytes of physical storage <laughs> in my home. Or physical <laughs> stuff, to put it. Like, I feel but, I have to get more stuff. Yeah, I know. But, <laughs> uh, but my, my opinion on this is because they're taking it a step up and they're actually competing with uh, Dropbox and Google Drive. And, 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 you know, you could sit there and people can say, like, you know, the iCloud but they're not even in this ballpark at this point. Yeah. You you barely you get 5 gigs, which is barely anything, you know, for free and then pay through the nose on that. So, it, it to me it's just Microsoft again finding what didn't work, getting new blood in there and saying, "You know what? We have to compete with everyone else because we can't sit there and say like, "Oh, we're going to do well because we're Microsoft." Right. Um and Lastly, my final fail of 2014 is, well, again, Amazon, but Amazon Fire Phone. That's pretty much all I need to say. <laughs> God, such a useless device. I mean, it, it's just, oh my God. And it's funny too, with the $200 uh, phone, which you could only get through AT&T, it was $200 to get the phone and it was technology that was good in the Samsung S3. Which is two years old, um, and you could tell just how well it did when it went on a fire sale for ninety nine cents. Dude, uh, the 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 Amazon phone's relevance made the Facebook phone a good idea. <laughs> like it was, it was so stupid, and it, it was an example of a company that's like, you know, we've done good good doing this shit, so we might as well do this shit too, and then half assing it. Oh, yeah. I mean, even if they made a great phone, it would have been a waste of time. Oh, yeah. But the thing is, is that, you know, they did the Kindle and then they hadn't even done the Fire TV yet. And the TV, uh, that's been getting a lot of good marks. Yeah. Um, But they need to just stick with that kind of stuff. They need to stick with that kind of media. Phone is it's a totally different beast. And unless you're making for 200 bucks, unless you're making a top notch phone, not some specs that you'd find in 2011. Right, it was just it was a bad idea. We even called that one when it when they announced it. We were like, "Oh no!" I think an exact quote from both of us was, "What the fuck is this shit?" <laughs> it it made absolutely no sense. They just made a small, gimped Kindle Fire. Oh yeah. Then and their biggest fucking achievement was it could. What was it? It could scan things and then tell you how to buy it. Oh yeah, where to buy them? And it's like cool. I got a, I got a fucking a walking interactive advertisement in my pocket. Yeah, and there was. I mean, it, and it came out what five years too late. It would have always been too late. Yeah, that's true. Just, oh, 
going back to your win just to break this down because I was curious and I didn't realize they they showed this, but my OneDrive 10 terabytes, why it's there. Um, <laughs> although these numbers don't completely add up to 10 terabytes, but at least it tells me a few things. Um, I got the 15 gigs free, which everybody gets. Um, I got 10 gigs free for a loyalty bonus. That's for being in the beta. Um, I got the Office 360 subscription, which is 10,240 gigabytes. Eh, maybe it does add up. Um, and the camera roll bonus was 15 gigabytes. That's because I had a Windows phone at one point. Uh, so they give you 15 gigs for your camera because it syncs the pictures and shit. Right. Um, so, yeah. one Again, OneDrive, fucking amazing. Um, but let's move on from that. My win... <clears throat> I had to explain this one too. I'm losing my voice. That's how that's how long we've been doing it. I know. Yeah, I noticed um, that your voice is changing. My win for technology was wearable tech. Now, <laughs> I told Steve this, and he's like, "What?" Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. Because he's it's... he's one of the vocal, uh, uh, you know, opponents to wearable tech. I am. Like, Why do we need that shit? In its current form, it's useless. It's a novelty. It's something people with too much fucking money get, but. And I'll use Google Glass as a perfect example. No sensible human being is going to spend $1,500 on something that someone from Star Trek would be embarrassed wearing (laughs) just to do a few idle things. But if you look now, people are talking about they have prototypes of sunglasses and prescription eyewear where it doesn't even look like they have Google Glass on, but they still have Google Glass on. That's the future that I'm talking about, and I think that's that's a big step because if if that really jumps off, and it could it could fade into obscurity, but if if they really figure it out and it jumps off, that's going to completely change the world. It's going to change the world like cell phones change the world. Yeah, you know, and and it's it's in its infancy now, but I, it's just it's a big deal, and I think everybody should be at the very least paying attention to it. Don't go buy a Samsung watch. Don't waste your money. Just take your phone out of your fucking pocket, but pay attention to where it's going because it keeps getting better. Right. So, and my finally my fail <laughs> um, <clears throat> for technology is the response to the Surface Pro Three. Um, hands down, and most reviewers agree with me. The Surface Pro Three is the greatest tablet on the market today. Um. It runs full Windows Windows Pro. You can install iTunes on it. You can you, I, people are playing Skyrim on this fucking thing, Diablo three. Um, its screen resolution is wonderful. I think it is better than the the best iPad or whatever. Um, the kickstand thing is into is is a fucking great idea. Um, the pen is an actual pen, like it's amazing. It's not just a fucking smash on things rubber ball. Um, and I can go on and on. And then with the inclusion of OneDrive, you know, and all that bullshit. But <laughs> everyone is still in that Microsoft sucks stigma. Yeah. That they aren't paying attention to it. And I think it's a big missed opportunity for a lot of people, especially companies. You see these companies that buy all their employees' iPads. Oh, yeah. When you have a Surface. Like, what are you doing? You could have bought the i3 i the i3 Surface for roughly the same price, and you would have an amazingly more powerful fucking device. You know, it, it it's 
it's kind of proof of people that they just follow the crowd. They don't think. It's like, oh, well, everybody likes Apple. So, no, not everybody likes Apple. Fuck Apple. I'm going to say that right now. Apple hasn't innovated anything in quite a long time. They've just made their shit smaller and thinner. Yeah. So, let's get off of Apple's dick and stop fucking riding the bandwagon of Microsoft sucks. And I think the common theme in this entire 2014 review is that Microsoft is stepping up to the fucking plate. And they're they're not missing. So we need to pay attention. I mean, I I will agree. In the beginning of this year and last year, I was a Linux user, and I still love Linux. And I used to fucking hate Microsoft. I was like, <laughs> fuck Windows, fuck them all. But you know what? I'm not a fanboy. I'm a rational human being. They changed their tune. They changed the thing, things around. They impressed me a few times, and that was it. Now I like Microsoft. If they start fucking up again, I'll stop liking them. <laughs> you know, so... And that's how everyone needs to be. Get off yeah. the bandwagons and think for yourself. All right. Wow. Bitch. That was a... Uh... Yeah. Wow. Yeah. All right. American flag just fell behind me, by the way. <laughs> uh, all right. So um, before we you know, get into our final thoughts or what stuff we're going to be looking forward to, I found this neat little... Uh, uh, post on uh, Mashable they went back and said like yeah 10 products we lost in 2014 um, of course you know was the iPod Classic which Microsoft ended up I mean um, Apple ended up uh, ditching because they said they were having trouble trying to find the materials to make the parts for this anymore mm. um, which I'm not sure if I totally buy wait which one was that? The iPod Classic. Yeah, I don't buy that either. <laughs> um, the Facebook Poke app, which was their <laughs> their attempt to copy Snapchat. <laughs> That's so fucking useless. Uh, did it last for like a day? It was – people only talked about it for a day and uh, then nobody downloaded it in the – People don't even like having a download messenger, let alone the yeah. Poke app. Oh, I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh man. This next, this next one was kind of a big deal. MSN Messenger, mm. and and a lot of people, like no, like at home users are probably like, who gives a fuck? But corporations used MSN Messenger oh, yeah. a lot, and it, and it was compared to other messengers like AOL Messenger and, and stuff. It was a solid, solid messaging program. Yeah. But the problem is, is the personal users they just Facebook chat. Yeah, everybody Facebook chats. So, or be, or net, then when smartphones came in there, it was just yeah, Facebook chat or uh, texting, texting or anything like that, emails, whatever. But, but Microsoft, yeah. Microsoft also, the MSN Messenger isn't a fit kind of completely dead because they <laughs> they basically molded it into Skype. Yeah. So, but then yeah. you got to open Skype to do that. Sure, yeah, fun. I remember when I heard the announcement that yeah, Windows Live Messenger. Uh, MSN was shutting down. I was like, "What?" I haven't used it in like years, but it still was kind of like, "Oh man!" It's like I remember back in the day using that shit. You pop, you turn on your computer and sign into your messenger and just leave it up there. I was when I was a kid. I used to tell everybody, "Use AOL Messenger." You guys need to get on that MSN, homie. You don't know what you're yeah. doing. 
Oh, I know. Yeah, AOL, MSN, and Yahoo. Yeah. Um, Google's first attempt at uh, trying to become a social network. Or coot. Or coot. Uh, like, much like everything else, didn't really do well here, but it surprised According to this article, surprisingly caught on in Brazil. <laughs> no, Brazil's a big market, though. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, this one was just kind of replaced with something else. Yeah, it was. Uh, Google yeah. Plus is doing just fine. So. Yeah. So, got that. This next one was part of Microsoft's big change this year: the shuttering of Xbox Entertainment Studios, which really didn't wasn't Did you- able to. Didn't really do anything. Yeah, I mean, except with the whole Halo series that they have coming out. But after, before that, it was like, oh, yeah, they're going to do all this original programming for the Xbox One, much like all the other promises that were going to be for the Xbox One. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one pretty much said, yeah, you know what? We're not doing so hot with the Xbox One and stuff like that, so we're going to just shutter the whole thing. So, I think we're going to focus on games now. Yeah. Yeah, we, that whole concept of being an entertainment type of console, I think, is um, yeah, yeah, a little passe. The next one was a a legend laid to rest. Finally, Win- Windows XP uh, officially um, no more support from Microsoft, and this is after three or four extensions already. <laughs> and the fucking uproar was amazing. <laughs> I was like. My first question, I was working at Best Buy's Geek Squad at the, at the time, and people were like, what do, what do you have to say about um, XP losing support? I'm like, I'm surprised people still use it. Yeah. Just because it's supported doesn't mean you should be using it. Yeah, because, you know, it, it, obviously if you're using XP, you're running really, really sl- um, slower equipment. So the fact that my, um, Facebook probably takes about an hour to load on XP is like, it's not a good thing. No. XP was amazing. One of the greatest operating systems ever to be created, in my opinion. But its time has passed. <laughs> it passed a long time ago. Yeah, so it's, you know, and say what you want about Windows 8, but Windows 7 is a million times ahead of Windows XP. Oh, yeah. So, justintv.tv, whatever the fuck that was. Yeah, justin.tv. Yeah, it was supposed to be, it was kind of like its predecessor or an offshoot of Twitch. And uh, quite, a, quite a few people, you know, uh, that use, that are now using Twitch uh, were using uh, Justin mm, TV. Okay. And then it got, when it got picked up by Amazon, they announced that they were shutting down. Because that's what Amazon does. Yeah. They buy things and then kill it. Yeah. So... Uh, Justin TV was gone, and much to Adam's delight, uh, Macworld magazine, because print is dead. Uh, I could have sworn I saw a Macworld magazine on the shelf not too long ago. Huh. But it could have been an old one. (laughs) Um, The publisher of the magazine will keep the website going, but the print edition is long since gone, because who really reads magazines anymore? And much less a magazine about Macs. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they only still sold Macworlds because most Mac users probably didn't know that they could read things online. <laughs> you know, they don't. That's that's a very high form of using your computer, and and if they haven't read the manual, they're not going to be able to figure that out. Yeah, I know, right? And I'm kidding. Sort, <laughs> sort of. of. <laughs> uh, Nokia X. I'm going to read this little tidbit here. Is along with the new CEO. 
in uh, uh, Satya Nadella um, have come a range of rapid changes for Microsoft. One of the biggest this year was the news that Microsoft had decided to bring an end to its Android-based Nokia X line of mobile mobile phones. In a company-wide memo that heralded the news of the ma- <laughs> of massive layoffs at the company, Nadella wrote, "We plan to shift select uh, Nokia X product designs to become Lumina products running Windows." According to Nadella, the move was designed in part to concentrate the company's efforts more on producing more affordable mobile phones and focus more on Windows universal apps. Basically, they just decided, why should we have an uh, Android phone when yeah. we just put Windows on it? And now, exactly. I mean, Microsoft purchased it, so it was, it was kind of it was bound to happen. Um, the next one, thank God... <laughs> it's fucking Flappy Bird. Dude, I I played this game. Okay, everyone said it was super addicting. Someone even told me, they said, be careful when you play this game because it sucks you in. I played it for 10 minutes. I gave it 10 minutes. I said, this is the stupidest fucking game I've ever played in my life. Why are people addicted to the stupid fucking game? It made no sense to me. I had no idea to this one. But, you know, it was... It was funny because uh, when the guy, what was his name, Doug Nguyen, uh, you know, became all emo and said, like, I'm pulling the game because, you know, I just can't take the popularity about this, blah, 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 blah. And uh, we were like, uh, I'm sorry, but, you know, Flappy users in 22 hours from now, I'll take Flappy Birds down. Um, Yeah. And then uh, Adam and I said, literally... Oh, it'll be back. You just don't take this off. You're just doing this to get attention. Yep. And uh, and you know, sure enough, you know, it it came back, and then it came back as what, Flappy Bird's family for Android on the Amazon App Store, and you know, it was just it was one of those that was just like, what the fuck, people? Yeah. And when he took it down, he was so concerned about how people were becoming addicted to it. But then when he comes back, he makes a Flappy Bird family. Yeah. Like, you weren't concerned about shit. Like, ugh. I, it's, it's so funny. The simple shit that will happen and the majority of people don't notice that they're being conned right in front of their fucking face. Oh, yeah. It's amazing to me. Uh, all right. And the game is fucking horrible. Oh, yeah. I so, mean, I... I it was funny too because I had seen it and I was like, "What?" Is it? And then I heard he's taken off, so I downloaded it. And yeah, I literally played for like ten minutes. I go, "I don't get this," and then just boop, stop playing it, deleted like it. Like the game, the game, and I'm not saying because it's difficult, it's horrible, but the game is designed to piss you off. Huh. You can tell right off the bat. It's designed to irritate you, and any game that's designed to irritate you is irritating, <laughs> and it shouldn't be played. <laughs> oh man. All right. So, lastly, uh, what are we looking forward to in 2015? Um, everybody always looks back, and then they always give a little tidbit, you know, of what they're looking forward to next year. I think for me, looking forward into next year, I mean, movie-wise, comic book-wise, we've got a lot of shit coming. I mean, uh, obviously, the standouts are. Avengers Age of Ultron comes out next year. The new Star Wars movie comes out next year. And then I'm very interested to see Paul Rudd and Ant-Man. Yeah. Um, we got that coming out next year. Um, 
what do you you got? What do you got? So I am excited about all those things, um, but mine. Is literally, I am excited about all those things. Well, I mean, come on, you have to be excited about those things. No, but the way you said it, I am excited about all those things. I am excited about all those things. <laughs> Does not compute. <laughs> but what I added to this list was Zelda, Mario Maker, Star Fox, fucking Nintendo. I'm telling you, <laughs> I am super fucking excited. That next year is going to be the year that Nintendo's going to shake some fucking, um, rattle some fucking cages. Yeah. I'm telling you, man, it's going to be great. And I'm getting a Wii U in February, and we're going to love every minute of it. Yeah, I'm also looking forward to, uh, of course, the Marvel, uh, the Star Wars Marvel comics coming out next year. And I'm very intrigued as far as comics go for, uh, uh, the new Secret Wars that Jonathan Hickman's doing. Yeah, um, where it looks like it's going to be kind of their parallel universes all kind of clashing together. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, yeah, uh, personally, you know, my phone has been up for renewal, but you know, now it's like okay, I've got. I'm looking more and more at the iPhone six, but unless between then and now and then, you know, something may come along and go like, ooh, that's something I may need. Ooh. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see how that turns out, but, um, but yeah, that's uh, that's it. So, uh, you have anything else to add before we close out this deal? I am looking forward to 2015 to not suck as hard as 2014, or on a uh, or personal, if it, if it does in a good way. In a good way, yes. Yeah. Sucking hard in a good way, <laughs> when received, is always nice. If it's not being, if it's being given, then I'm in prison, and please give me bail money. But um, yeah, yeah, it yeah. Is what it, is. it is what it is. Exactly, it's what it is. There's nothing more to say. All right. Well, that is it for the final show of the Lazy Geeks podcast for 2014. Uh, we will see you in the first week of January with our new regular show uh remember we're thinking so you don't have to have a happy new year be safe don't be that guy (laughs) and uh so i'm steven vargas i'm adam riley peace out This has been a production of the Lazy Geeks Network, available only at thelazygeeks.com.